Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Spiritual Business Spotlight. I am honored today to do an interview with Annemiek von Helsingen. Welcome, Annemiek. Hi. Hi. Thank you so much, Sue. And thank you for putting in so much effort to getting the name right. That's so appreciated. <laughs> I know it's not oh. an easy one. It, it just looks very like once you break it down, it's not so bad. But when you're looking at it from like a top level view, it's easy to mess up. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not English. Yes, definitely not. But English is a conglomerate of all of the other ones. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, you have this magic in boundaries. Um, tell me a little bit about your work, first of all. Like, who are you and what do you do and why are you here talking to us today? Yeah, oh, I'm, I'm really happy to be here, Susu. Thank you for the invitation. Um, uh, I'm Anamik. Um, I'm many things, but one of the, what I do in life and work-wise is that I'm the founder of the Academy for Soul-Based Coaching. And that means that we run an, a worldwide online coach training um, that has touched thousands of people worldwide by now. Um, and we teach them a very specific modality of coaching, uh, which is super exciting. And it is filled with magic as well as very grounded and very solid in the methodology that we teach. Um, so that would be it in a nutshell. But of course, I can talk about this for days. Oh, I can imagine because it's such a fascinating world of, you know, kind of getting into helping people shift their lives and helping people facilitate those shifts is powerful mm. as well. So um, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, when I the, the reason why I'm glad that we get to talk about this is that um, when we look at coaching as a profession or where it came from, it really comes from, you know, athletics, first of all, like, um, and then um, business coaching, so executive coaching, that's kind of where the birthplace of life coaching is. And um, it comes from this paradigm of how can we extract as much value from this person as possible? It's like, how can we use, you know, whatever techniques can we think of that are going to make this person achieve their goals or, you know, whose goals are they anyway? But hey, um, and so it, it's very much rooted in that more masculine based paradigm. And I'm not talking gender here, but I'm talking about that paradigm that is like this beautiful mix of um you know capitalism uh, colonialism white supremacy like all of that all based on hierarchy and it's about control over it's about how can we make life dance to our tune um, rather than how can we help people co-create with life and how can we help them really tune into their own resources and to this innate capacity that everyone has for healing, for growth, for transformation. And this is what soul-based coaching is all about. It's about teaching our coaches to become midwives for that transformation that is waiting to happen because the fact that if someone comes to you with like a question or like a, a longing or a desire to make a shift it means that there is an impulse inside of them that is ready to be brought into 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 action into their everyday life and so that is where our focus is in soul-based coaching 
I love that because it sometimes isn't about like all of that assertive dominance. Um, you know, it's, it's more about opening space and really kind of, and you, you said something really on point. Who's, whose goals are they anyway? You know, a lot of times we are taking society's goals or our parents' goals and acting as if those are our own goals. But when somebody like you or a soul-led coach or a soul-based coach comes in, they're going to really explore the truth and the subtle um, nuance of what a person is striving for or wants to achieve or what they even consider valuable, which might be totally different from what societal norms have told us is valuable before. Absolutely. And one of the things that I really love about this work is, you know, in a way it's like life coaching, meeting, shamanic journeying. Mm. It is that that we we have very uh, powerful and potent ways in which all of these layers of a client's mind, body and soul can be part of this conversation. And it's not just the mind that is having that conversation. And right now I'm wondering, I can't see you anymore, Sue. Are you still here? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just cool. Like, I'm <laughs> <on> you. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw you off. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. <laughs> hmm. So, yes, that's and, and this is where, you know, so often when when we do coaching, um, the, the entry point is the mind. So it's like the, you know, the analysis of like what's going on, like what's what is it that you want? Why isn't it here yet? What do you when you what have you tried before? What's been blocking you? Like what needs to be fixed or solved for you to have that thing that you want? Um, but there is like a, a like a treasure trove of, of resourcefulness and information in people's bodies um, through their souls. Um, in, in the waves of their emotional expressions, um, that all has a part to play. Uh, if you really want to, pe- you know, empower people, I was like, ah, oh, God, I can't believe I just said that because I, I, this is one of my pet peeves because we cannot empower people. It is that so often we take, you know, we put things in the way of people being able to stay with their own power. So if you really want to help people be the most powerful that they can be, you want to make sure that as a coach, you are out of the way. Yeah, that's a really great point because it is teaching people how to um, how to stand in their own power without needing somebody else's input, advice, or guidance to lead them in the journey. Yeah, absolutely. And and even the the word teaching is interesting in that respect uh, when it comes to teaching. Um, someone to stand in their power it's actually more of a remembering I find um, because standing in your power is something that we all do in our own unique ways and so helping people remember what that is like for them um, that is like the fastest way to strike gold for them yeah right right. now with your like how did you come across the soul based coaching like what in your life led you to 
um, not only coaching, because a lot of us, you know, it's just a natural progression of wanting to claim our own power or, or realizing that we're not living our lives to, you know, their fullest capacity. But what was your story in this? Mm, I love that question. Because I think, you know, I was one of those kids who was always kind of looking at the world around her going like, why? Why are people doing these things that are not making them happy or it's like it's not making sense to what they say that they want so I was like I was puzzled I was like super sensitive empathic like all of these things I was picking up on so many things and it just it did not add up so I was just curious and I just wanted to find out more so this brought me on a path which you know it led me to go to university and do like business management and like industrial engineering and all sorts of things because I was just so curious like how why like how and it brought me to change management um, in organizations and corporations. So that also, you know, when you look at where that comes from, it's very much from that masculine lens and it's very much from the, okay, we're gonna come in, we're gonna tell you what's wrong, we're gonna like, you know, get you a good diagnosis, then we're gonna put in a full action plan and then there's like, oh, of course we have to have accountability and then we'll fix this thing. And you would be amazed at how much money is spent, how much time is spent with projects that are that actually don't work. Like you come back and a year later and it's like gone, like, oh, there's a new project now for change. And I was like, I was just like, again, I was baffled. Like, why do we do this? Um, and so I got to really look at what are the methodologies that we're using? Like when a change sticks, like whether that's in executive coaching or whether that is in a corporation who needs to you know, change their culture or whatever it is that they want, like what is it that makes the change actually stick? And that led me to a very effective toolkit, um, which is called uh, Clean Language and Symbolic Modeling, that from there on really started to make self-propelled change possible. So change that comes from within the system, you know, whether that system is one person or whether that system is a is a large, you know, a larger uh, group of people. And that really, like, when I had that, I was like, okay, this works. Like, this is like you can't argue with this in any way, shape, or form. It's a very versatile, flexible, proven toolkit. And I did that for quite a while, bringing that into organizations. But then my health caught up with me. So if you would have asked me at the time, I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like a fish in water. I was exactly where I needed to be. I sometimes kind of said to some of my colleagues, like, you know, we're like uh, corporate priestesses. Like I wasn't allowed to say that to our clients, but hey, you know, um, it was like we were able to to put in a container, like have, you know, like in a ritual space, um, like to create a sacred space where the things that needed to happen could start to happen in a way that was um safe and not meaning that it would it, it couldn't get really interesting or it you know people could get triggered in all sorts of ways but we would we would be you know it's a way that you can really look after like all the parts of the system and making sure that everything gets to have its place and can be part of like the next evolution of that system so when my health caught up with me, um, it, my immune system had been, you know, it's like a, a lifelong story, but um, I've been living with chronic illness for a long time. Um, but about, what was it, about nine years ago, um, I actually got to a place where I, it was very hard to walk up the stairs, like physically. Uh, I was just not able to do 
pretty much anything anymore and I had to like go of that life which was really you know that was hard I just kind of had to, having to let go of all the identities that came with it of who I was in the world but then also like I looking back now it's also been the greatest gift because what it forced me to do I was like well I'm you know way too young um to sit behind like the windowsill and kind of go you know watch life go by um so what am I here to do I just felt like a really big um uh, call to serve uh, and from that place I started to really feel into so okay what is it that is calling me today and if I stayed really really close to that I was able to do some things and eventually that showed me that really what I was here to do was also bring the my spiritual journey which had been you know kind of walking parallel to like my my career and, and work um you know bringing me to the priestessing path um and 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 a couple of like really powerful but ancient practices and i could just kind of see how that all merges together so beautifully and so powerfully and that really was where soul-based coaching was born and so really bringing together um the tools that you need to create these sacred spaces in a way that does not imply dogma it doesn't imply a, a certain spiritual outlook it's just that what i see happens is that it fits my journey really well my experiences on my path of the sacred feminine embodied spirituality um, but actually what i see is the way that we're working it just opens up this space for all of these aspects to become present so the mind, the body, emotions, but also that soul level and that spiritual level, they just become present. They are just part of everyday life. And so it doesn't really matter if our clients want to talk about that or whether it's relevant for them or, or even you know what kind of spiritual map they have, um, because there's just space for all of these parts of them to be part of the unfolding. And what's really interesting is that we see time and time again that the impulse for that unfolding, for that next evolution of who they are, it always comes from the soul and the body, right? The mind makes up lots of stories, the mind can support, but it's actually not where the impulse comes from. And of course, while well, the heart is a big one too. Um, but yeah, that's where the impulse comes from. And so that is kind of how soul-based coaching came to be. And it's giving me of, um, it's like a depth and connection that I did not find anywhere else prior to bringing all these things together. Well, it sounds fascinating. It sounds kind of like all of these, you know, systems have been a part of the collective consciousness for quite a long time. And then what you did was just kind of identified them in a corporate, um, you know, environment. And then the universe stepped in, as sometimes it does, and said, here's your, your basis for shift. And then 
you know, you probably ended up collecting a bunch of thoughts that had been, you know, kind of in the background throughout the whole period. Yeah, I think one of those conversations that I remember, like having saying, like you know, we're we're priestesses, like corporate priestesses. Like I was already tapping into the the depth of the work of what is possible at that point. Um, but you can make it much more. You can tap into it in a much more deliberate way. So that's kind of what's been adding um, over time now. Yeah. Now, you ended up founding a whole school devoted to these practices. And and how do you feel like, like wasn't that a huge expenditure of time and resources and energy? Do you feel better now? <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, yeah, I, my, my healing process has continued over the years by staying that close. And I think that I, I love the coaching that I do with my one to one clients. Um, but I also really feel called to teach and actually people keep asking me about to, you know, I want to learn this to teach me. This is why I started teaching again, because I'd, I'd, I'd been teaching coaches in the corporate setting um, actually for quite a few years before I started doing this. Um, but I kind of, you know, I kind of thought that that part of you know what, who I was to be in my in my work life was kind of over, um, but then I realized that it really wasn't, and so it's an incredibly nourishing thing for me to be involved in in the teaching, and in a way, teaching is one of the things that I I love so much in in my life, um, mostly because you know this work it. It happens at that level where if you've been in like ceremony or if you've done ritual, you'll 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 recognize that like there's a layer of presence and a layer of um, it's like where the mystery lives. Like that is the level that we work with like all the time, and even when when we're teaching, that is the level that we're working with, and that is like such a nourishing beautiful space to be in um that you know even after two years of like everyone being on zoom and thinking like oh no 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 more zoom we do all our trainings online and our sessions are just incredibly nourishing and they're nothing like um most of the zoom calls that people have all day so um yeah it's it feels like i am exactly where i need to be well it sounds like, you know, from what you're saying, it sounds like a healing journey also for the people who are taking the classes from you, mm. that they get to dive into their own sacred spaces and learn how to amplify almost their connection so that they can then facilitate these sessions for their clients in return. Yeah, I love that you're picking up on that. I think that is so true. There is like, um, there's a way of, you know, anyone who comes to us has been doing a lot of 
personal work, right? Whether that is personal development or spiritual development, uh, whether that is like healing training or, or like therapy training or whatever it is, um, people come to us and they already know about what it is to um, to dive into their own experience of life in service of their ability to serve. And so what happens in, in our training is that um, people haven't, have a chance to be, you know, do lots of practice with each other um, and to un unwrap and unravel lots of layers that are still kind of hanging around um, and to come closer and closer and closer to who they're actually wanting to be. Um, and you know, not that that is a process that you're ever going to be done with. I don't, I don't believe in perfection, and I don't believe in there being ever like one ultimate goal that you'll achieve, and then you'll be, you know, what successful or worthy or whatever the thing is that um, our, our um, you know patriarchal um, ways of thinking have kind of programmed us to think. Um, but there's a, a real coming into yourself. There's a real sense of coming home to yourself uh, that people get through the program. And so it's to the degree that <laughs> when we talk to people after they finish the program um, and, and, you know, we, we ask them about, you know, what, what do you get and like what impact has it made just, you know, as part of our process, of our teaching process and also making sure that we, we collect these stories. Um, it's hard almost to get them to talk about the coaching that they can now do because they can and that is a given um, but like they're kind of so full of like all the things that have happened on their personal journey which is beautiful to witness as well but I know that they're of course then able to to bring that forward and to weave that into how they are showing up in the world. That was one of the things that I've really found so distinct about looking at your soul-based coaching methodologies and looking at your website is that it's intended for the the spiritual side of of the coaching realm because as you and I both know there are different you know different niches or sub areas that are going to be more heavily focused in this that or the other thing but with yours it is respectful and entwining of these these like primal almost human needs and spiritual quests that we as healers you know the wounded healer of course is is probably one of the things that you might come across often within your work but it's also you know bowing down to to something you know that that is being more expressed and i'm sorry I, I can't find the words right now but it's just that more spiritual and nurturing and and you know we don't have an end goal in mind we're going to allow for evolution we are going to honor where you are now any shifts that you make in your life any new um paths that you discover for yourself because that's one of the things about coaching and about life too is just because you set a goal doesn't actually mean that goal eventually will be the ultimate goal mm. yeah and it's like one of the things that i is that's bringing up two things for me one is that um oh let me just make sure that i <laughs> capture both of them <laughs> so i think one of the things that we're doing is that we are 
really acknowledging that as human beings, we are multifaceted and multi-layered. And so all of these aspects of ourselves, including the spiritual, are part of our human existence. And we're not trying to kind of pretend that, you know, it's like only this layer that matters if you want to, you know, achieve anything in your life. Actually, all of it matters. And what matters most is that all of it works together and that is beautifully integrated towards what it is that you would like to have more of in your life. And so that is one of the really distinguishing um, uh, of characteristics of the work that we do and then the other part is that um, we don't do goal setting as such in soul-based coaching but we very much work with desired outcomes and that might feel like a linguistic thingy uh, but it's actually a very big distinction because a desired outcome is like a uh, where you would like to get to or how you would like to be or where you, you know, the experience that you would like to have as a result of the coaching. And that can entail like, like physical goals, uh, but it can be so much more than that. And so what we find is that by um, stepping into the desired outcomes, what happens is that the the goals that people actually achieve are much more multidimensional as well. So it includes very practical goals like, you know, getting a new job or opening up to new relationships or, you know, business success, like growing to the next level of, of your business or, you know, uh, changing a pattern in your health or like um, sleeping better. Um, like there's so many, so many very practical things that our clients will see um, happen in their lives. But that is part of a, uh, a much wider way of being that has shifted to make these outcomes like the most logical things to have happen in their lives. So it's in a way we're working on like a, a deeper level where all of the things that need to be aligned and put in place for a specific outcome to actually be organized in that way so that action taking um, you know, and reaching goals becomes something that is a given it's like a, of course of course that happens and so we're also not in a business of accountability um, because um, the way that we look at human beings is that when you have an impulse making something happen like if you have a longing a desire for something to show up in your life then you're going to do that you're going to do the things that are needed for that to happen unless there are things that are blocking that within you and so when we look at that and we look at the kind of the things that are the counter forces for that thing that you would like to call in, when we look at those, we invite them to start integrating into a way so that they can serve that, that longing and that desire that you want. Right. And sometimes information comes up from these blocks. That means that you're shifting how you know what that desire is actually about. And so we're helping the whole body, mind, soul system of a client to align itself towards these desired outcomes. And then when everything is aligned, the most logical thing for them to do is to take action in the way that they, you know, towards the um, the goal, the, the outcomes that they're that they're interested in, and and the universe is going to meet them halfway or sometimes even further, and so you know accountability in the sense of like have you done these things like have you done your homework like that's completely irrelevant because that impulse to make things happen is part of the package that comes from the client um and and there's there's no need 
um, to really kind of be there. It's kind of like a school teacher um, to check. Have you done your homework? Because it'll happen. Well, I love that. No, it, it draws in so many different, you know, concepts that we just kind of put to the side, you know, so like this shared accountability, when it's actually your own accountability, that's all that matters within, you know, the, the, the realm of bringing yourself forward. But it's also bringing that alignment into focus, because not only alignment with a goal and aligning these, these tasks that mm -hmm. you need to get to that goal it's really honoring the feeling of you know experience I don't, of achieving these things and the you know the feeling because a lot of times we you know in in the older ways of doing things we would set goals and we would put blocks in front of ourselves to achieving those goals because we didn't actually want those things no matter how much we tried to want them or it just wasn't the right time for those things you know a lot of us um, have children and so sometimes we put these lofty goals in place when all we want is just time and energy to be at home and to, you know, have the space for our families or, you know, for each of us, it's a little bit different. But I love that, too, that you're not pushing for this, um, you know, did you do your homework? Where are you at with this kind of ideology where it's just like the proof is in the pudding, so to speak? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, if, if a client tells me that, you know, what they really, really, really want to do to grow their business, for example, is to be more visible and therefore they want to reach out to people to, you know, like have conversations like this, for example. And um, and we work with that and we, we look at like, what what is that like? What does that look like? And um, if the person then doesn't take action on that after the session that we do, it means that there is a part of their system that is not on board yet, right? And so, so yes, I check in with have you know have you been doing the kinds of things that you thought you wanted to do, but not as a well if you didn't that makes you wrong or that means you failed some sort of test. No, it's like oh that's interesting. So what's going on within their system that means that this is happening, and. Something else that's really important to mention is that we're not just looking at this from like um, a mind perspective. So when we're working with people and they want to um, have it, they have a certain desired outcome, then we're going to also um, really look at so what is their internal metaphor landscape for that experience like? And that might sound a little bit strange, but one of the things that our work is founded on is the notion that actually the primary way of making sense of our experience of being alive is through the process of metaphor. So, you know, from a very, very, very uh, early age, like even within the womb, it's like when we experience something, we compare it with things that we've experienced before to just kind of make sense of it and go, is it the same or is it different? And throughout our lives, we've created this map of meaning that is very much, it lives inside of our bodies. And so when sometimes these metaphors, they, they, they spill out in our speech 
um, like earlier, like if I said something, I think when I was still in my corporate role, um, if you would have asked me at the time, I would have told you like I was a fish in water, like I was exactly where I needed to be. So that's one of those metaphors. And um, there are metaphors like that, that we've kind of taken on in like collective language that means something like a little bit more universal. But we all have a very unique experience of our own metaphors. And the interesting thing is that when we start to work through the metaphors, then these metaphors come to life and they have the ability to morph and shift. And that is an incredibly magical process to witness. And it means that, you know, just to give you an example for someone, um, this is like a client that was I worked with years and years ago, but they had this very conflicted feeling about their relationships. They were just coming out of a love relationship, partner relationship. And, you know, there were lots of things that happened and there was like a whole history of other people and other relationships. And so relationships for this client were like, uh, were like war. And he felt like he was in like a war room and trying to make sense of the situation and see kind of what his next action should be at any given moment. And you can kind of imagine if that is like an, imp if this is like a subconscious metaphor. Like if, if that is your experience of relationships in your life, you can kind of see how that is at odds with feeling nourished by relationships or with relationships being uh, a mutual, um, uh, like if, if I were to, I'm just checking in right now, what is my current relationships for my partner relationship with my husband? Like, that feels much more like a, a, a dance, like between us and, and the music of, of life. And there's like a giving and taking, and there is like a, um, um, there's a, like a playfulness, and there's like a willingness um, to explore and, and, and you know, try new turns. I have to say my husband hates dancing. Um, so this is not actually true. <laughs> we don't actually dance together. But my experience of life with my husband is very much that. And that is a very, 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 very different experience to feeling like you're in a war room, right? And so with that client, I could look at, okay, and so when it feels like you're in a war room, what, when you think about your relationships, what would you like to have happen? And that is the open way into like a new, like birthing a new metaphor a new embodied metaphor this is very much about not just in the minds but also like like your body knows things about metaphors that you don't have any clue about but once you start to enter in this process these things are going to go up like you know they're just going to come up like uh, bubbles of air like knowing very clear knowing of what it's like for you and that means that the war room could um like almost disintegrate and he could find his own way of wanting to be in relationships and navigating the space that he was in between relationships. And so when the work is at that level, like my ideas as a coach about what relationships should or should not be about, you know, of course I could have said to him all sorts of things about how, you know, how that metaphor or how the way that he was acting in some of these situations that he was talking about, how they were maybe not helpful. But like none of that was anywhere near as powerful as him actually starting to realize the um, like the primary structure through which he was acting in his life. 
and then calling on his own desires and longings and knowings to put in place something very different. And that then gets to be reality. It's like when we've done enough work on the war room and all the parts that make that war room come into being, then the new metaphor starts to be the lens through which the person makes meaning of their lives. And of course, calls in very different experiences for themselves. And so this process, it's hard to explain because it, it, it works at a level that people are not familiar with yet. And so this is why we very often have um, free workshops, masterclasses for people to come and taste what is possible because it's almost like, it feels a little bit like we, we're sitting on um, Aladdin's, um, what is it, like the cave of the, the, the treasures of, from Aladdin's um, story. Um, and every single one of us have that treasure cave inside of them and have the capacity for kind of easeful change. You know, change that doesn't have to be about struggle or fighting. Um, and, and it really, it, it's a very robust process and it can work with like deep, mad, like deep, um, um, deeply intense emotional aspects as well. Um, but it has like a lightness and a creativity to it because it works through the metaphors um, that make it kind of fun, magical, but at the same time, incredibly powerful and, and, and you know, translates itself into very real life results. I'll stop talking now about this for a moment because I'm like, I can just keep going. <laughs> no, I love it. It's fascinating. And it's also, you know, talking about the metaphors and the deep listening and, and seeing how people describe or how they hold themselves. You know, a lot of times when you're in a coaching or, you know, I do coaching and card reading as well, but you see a shift in a person's energy when they're talking about something that they're absolutely enamored with. And, and you know, you, you almost feel this vibrance, like you just talking about what you, you were talking about. It's like, I could go on and on and on about this, or you see them shut down and, you know, fold in on themselves and really you know shy away in some ways from either talking about it or they talk about it like you said in in, in a way that that really has this visual and visceral um feeling emoted from like a war room or a dance you know is it a war room or is it a ballroom <laughs> you know are <laughs> really yeah and, so, I mean, that's wonderful because you're taking in deep listening. You're not directing the person. You're giving them their own accountability in, in shifting and also allowing them, holding that space for them to just be. Because sometimes even, it, it's sometimes really hard to say, even, you know, on all levels, being person like who has their own relationships like a mother for example or a mm. wife husband, or a coach to give people their own power and just to yes. hold the space and just let them do their own thing and you mentioned that you do master classes from time to time and you have one coming up the boundary magic Master. Yes, yes, we do. And I think it comes, it, it's, it's such a beautiful segue into that because what you might start to realize is that 
when we can, you know, that innate capacity that we all have for healing and change, it like it's it's our birthright, right? And a lot of coaching modalities and healing modalities actually kind of get in the way of that. They don't mean to. It's just that they most people have not learned how to honor that innate capacity. And so the work that we do, um, we teach our coaches to really um, do two things at the same time. One is to stay out of the way so that this, so that we don't accidentally kind of put a spanner in, in like the wheels um, so that the, the, this, this, this movement cannot continue. The other thing that we teach people to do is to, at the same time, create this really solid riverbed through which that flow of healing and change can happen. And that solid riverbed, it's not a prescription like here's 10 steps and then you get kind of get your shift. But it is a learning to meet people where they are in every single moment and learning to, to discern where are you going to take their attention next as the coach so that that riverbed um, can keep guiding that flow that is happening. And so we often use the metaphor of becoming the midwife to that change because what that change actually looks like and even kind of how it unfolds is not up to us as coaches but we can be the ones who can make sure that the process can keep continuing in the way that it can have the most impact. And so boundaries in that setting are incredibly vital. When you know how to use boundaries within a session, then what you can do is you can create this magic space for people to tap into their own capacity for transformation and it does not have to be hard and it does not have to be difficult and it's going to de most definitely be surprising both to you and the client and um, to just see how that change change comes together in that moment but the ability to have boundaries and to hold them in this way and to hold yourself as a coach in this way that really literally gives space for magic and so that is what our masterclass is going is about. It's teaching you how you can have these, these boundaries in place so that your clients can see that magic happening. And that masterclass is for all coaches, healers, therapists, anyone who serves their client in one-to-one -one capacity and feels like, yes, I want to bring the depth that I know life has to offer into my work even more and not get sidetracked by my thoughts, my ideas, uh, my experiences, no matter, you know, when it comes to, um, to my coaching, I've been in a coaching role for like almost 25 years now, which is kind of surprising to me, but hey. Um, and I've, I've lived my own life through things like divorce, chronic illness, um, uh, you know, involuntary uh, un childlessness, um, like many, many, many things, like loads of life experience. And still I see every day with every single client conversation that the things I've learned about life and how to navigate life are not as useful as the things that come from my client's own soul and body wisdom. And this is what I, I want the world to know about, that there is like a, 
a huge untapped resource waiting for us right there. Um, and that can also give people access to their own power and their own connection to life in ways that are like unprecedented for them. And that's what we can give them. I love that. I, you know, you just like put it in a nutshell, like this, this beautiful, you know, um, a lot of times people call healers or, you know, um, get a card reading or, you know, have a somatic session, for example, and they're leaning into the other person. Um, but that other person has their own paradigm and their own window that they're seeing life through and their own experiences. And when we shift that back into a person's own inner knowledge, their own experience, their own feelings that, that nobody else could actually feel for them. It, it opens up a new level of awareness for our clients and it, it allows them to, like you said, with that riverbed, if you're going to concrete the riverbed and, and, you know, and direct it in, into this way, instead of allowing it to meander in its own way with, with its own support and with its own, it, it's just a totally different structure, you know, and so yeah exactly and it what it what it you know it does a couple of things because that that the way that the metaphors can shift it it actually it's something that happens on a cellular level it's something that happens on a neurological level um and so it, that is like instant embodied change in the moment and, and kind of like there's nothing more powerful than that um you know we can try but like that's that's the most powerful thing that people can do for themselves to change their experience of life and you know the outcomes and and goals and achievements that they would like to see in their lives um there's something else i was going to say but that's not so apparently this was the most important thing yes <laughs> and yeah you've you've stated it so eloquently and so why is this paradigm shift necessary like why should we as a society start thinking about self-empowerment start thinking about things like holding space start yeah. thinking about things like what our own bodies are or even cellular change like that's giving me goosebumps even talking about it i'm like what's going on here yeah i got i'm so glad you're asking that question you know, we're, we're all products of thousands of years of patriarchy. And I'm not saying that to go, hey, you know, bash the man. Uh, patriarchy as a system has, you know, done a lot for the evolution of humanity. But we've also lost a lot. And, you know, we see that out there right now, right? We're, 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 we're coming up against the edges of these systems of capitalism, um, of colonialism, of extraction culture. Uh, we're really seeing how it's harming um, not just our natural world and our societies and communities, but also our physical bodies. And we, we really, you know, I, I, I know that everyone listening here is like, we, we've been saying this for, for years now, it's time for the feminine to return. It's time for the feminine to come back. And again, not about gender, but it's about reclaiming the power, like the, the birthright that we have to know our own power, to, have, to live from the authority from within in right relationship with our environment, with our relationships, um, and, and with our natural world. Like the, we've been trying to 
break down the systems that we see and kind of start thinking about like, so what else needs to come in place? And we see a lot of new initiatives that are happening that are so hopeful and so beautiful. And I just, I know in like the deepest level of my being that we all hold pieces of solutions within ourselves, within like our, our, you know, our soul, um, what's the word, like um, a blueprint, but we're not going to get to them using the tools from the old paradigm. So we're not going to, I cannot highlight what's inside of you in terms of parts of solutions for yourself or for, you know, your community or, or for our world at large, but I can help you get to these pieces of information that are inside of you right? It's like the mind has been the primary driver of how we live our lives for a very long time now. And we need to start really living from that other intelligence that we have, right? Our souls have access to that blueprint. They have access to what else is possible. And so whenever I can learn to step aside, whenever I can, you know, you mentioned holding space too, and it's like, that is our foundation. And so in our, you know, we have both an eight week program and a year long program in our academy, like even in the year, year long program, we actively practice the skills set that comes with holding space all year long. And, you know, I've been doing this for 10 years. I still practice every week because there is a level and a depth of presence that you can bring to people and into sessions that just opens up possibilities. And these are not possibilities for us to think of or to decide on. It's like one, you know, a part of, of this work that I love so much is that I can have people coming in with the same question or like the same kind of like, this is what I long for, but what's going to unfold for them in that session is gonna be wildly different. They're gonna have completely different metaphor landscapes. The way their system makes sense of the world, the way that they are plugged into their reason for being here, the way that they relate to their lives is gonna be so different and they're going to find their own unique path. And that own unique path, I think that is our key into our better future together, both on an individual level and at a collective level. And so this is, this is why we need to talk about that. Yes, I love that too, because, and, and it, you know, it, it goes back to control and it goes back to, you know, kind of, um, yeah, whoo, all the rules. I'm like, that could just go, I was just like, we could talk for hours about this. <laughs> it is a new way of interacting with each other. It is a new way of, you know, I think holding space. I just heard that term maybe like eight to 10 years ago, where before it was give advice or find solutions or, you know, um, encourage. Um, and, and all of that comes down to manipulate, control, direct. Yeah. Whereas holding space and giving and listening, deep listening, and allowing that person to, like, a lot of times when they're expressing their metaphors, their conversation, their feelings, everything kind of clicks in a moment. Yeah. And they're like, you know, that's when you get those deep, profound sense of knowing and, and you know, authenticity in truth. 
And so holding space is this magnificent concept that just allows a person to be and accept them in that moment with all their glorious, you know, sometimes it's, 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 you know, uh, ugly crying and, you know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Coming to terms with, you know, things you've been doing to yourself in, in the process of living, but wow. It, and mm. to be reminded of that on a weekly basis. So meeting with other people and learning this way of interacting with others, it can only have a ripple effect in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, when I look at the people who step into our pro into our programs, there is um, there is such a big you know personal shift, but then also it ripples out in into their intimate relationships, um, you know, with family, with friends, and then in, in all kinds of work that they do. And this is something else that I really love about this work is that it, it, it weaves so well with like, you know, what are you saying? Like the, the card readings that you do um, or with like um, physical, um, like somatic healing modalities. Um, there's like astrology, like this, there's so many ways in which you can really kind of bring these things together so that we can really help people tap into their, their own innate capacity for change. And it's like, you know, Human beings are made to keep evolving and learning. That's what they're here to do. We can we keep learning, and we are incredibly um, intelligent. And I don't say that from an IQ perspective, but from an um, all levels and all dimensions perspective. And so, when we can keep tapping into that ability to learn, to shift, to change, then you know who knows where, we're, where, we're, where we will all end up. Uh, I know it's going to be glorious and it's going to be um, so aligned with what people are here to do um, that it can only serve all of us. Yes, yes. Because, and, and this would, I'm sure we could talk another time about how, you know, how the trends up until this point in time and how the powers that be kind of disconnected us from all of these potentials and possibilities. And yeah and really kind of um, limited our potential, you know, kind of evolution in a way. But now that we're exploring things, you know, on a, on a more, I can't think of a, a um, collective consciousness level of a connected to the earth kind of level of a, like, oh my God, the universe is speaking to me every day in, in mm. you know, all of these metaphors and symbols and, and through my body, through my energy, I'm all like, wait, I just got off on a tangent there, but it's you know, it's it's so exciting, right? It's like it is like we're not these limited um, beings like that need to fit into boxes and that have to be like plastic replicas of each other or like none of that is actually true. We we are actually we are in full authority. We are in full sovereignty of ourselves and our capacities as humans is so much bigger than what we've been taught to believe. And I think, you know, it's, um, and, and what, what I really enjoy about my work is that it doesn't have to be about here is the full solution. No, it's about, we are actually evolving into solutions together and we do that step by step and this unearthing of like the old paradigms it's happening in all of our bodies right and so this is a really powerful way of helping each other to do that so 
I love that we don't have to be perfect and have it all figured out because that's not going to be part of this story for a long while to come. Hopefully, because I do see, you know, um, there are two influences right now. There is that cookie cutter, follow the trends, jump on the train, leave your body mm. and become a, you know, um, what are they called? Like not a meme. What are those things called? Avatar. Mm -hmm. um, and give up all of the earthy stuff or connect to the earth, dig in deeper, really grow roots. And, you know, so I see that like kind of, I don't want to say battle, but we'll say dance <laughs> right now. Um, yeah, well, and, and I think there is, um, yeah, I think it's clear what, what side of those, of, of the, dance, the dance that I'm at. Um, there is, um, I think the only healing that we can have comes through our bodies. Right, and, and our minds and our spirit and our soul and our hearts and our emotions and our feelings, like all of that lives in this magnificent vessel, right, that we have. And so that is the way in, into beautiful connection and change. Yes, I love that. I think that's a great place to let this conversation kind of you know, let people gel with this conversation and let them, you know, um, think about it further and deeper. So you have this masterclass coming up on February 28th. It's called Boundary Magic. I will put the link in the show notes on YouTube and in on, on our website so that people can sign up for this. Is there a specific time it starts? I don't think I found that information. Um, I think it starts at 3.30 p.m. Central European time. That's okay. about, about what it is. There is a, um, for those of you who are on the west coast of the u.s um there is a recording if you don't okay. want to do the 6 30 a.m um start of of the day but um yes there is um you know we have a global community so we try to have our master classes at different times at time zone like you know time zone friendly times of day um so yes hopefully people will be able to uh, to join us then yeah Okay, and just to clarify for the audience as well, is this more geared towards healers and people who um, do life coaching or coaching as a practice? Or is this pretty much for anybody who wants to learn about holding space, finding magic in their life, putting those boundaries, like you said, in place? Yeah, so our work is, is mainly tar targeted towards people who are coaches, healers, or therapists already, or the people who feel like they want to be. But if you're listening to this and you feel just like, oh, I resonate on that topic, I want to know more about it, you're super welcome to come and join us. Wonderful, wonderful. And again, thank you so much, Anamique. It was a pleasure to talk with you. I'm sure we could probably have another conversation just about like this dance of, you know, getting into your body and and holding space for other people and seeing how the future is going to lay out. So I really appreciate you taking your time. And again, people can find you at soulbasedcoaching.com. Is that correct? Um, Academy for soulbasedcoaching.com is the best place to go. Yeah. Okay, and I will put that uh, for soul, and I'll put that also in the in in all of the places for you. So yeah, great. 
I love, yeah, I love connecting to people as well. So if you're listening and this resonated, let me know. It's always really yummy to hear from you. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, Anamique. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Sorry about the echo. I will have all of the replays available on YouTube, on Spiritual Business Spotlight, and on our events page. We do have a link for the Boundary Magic Masterclass. So thank you all and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Anamique. Thank you so much for having me, Sue. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you.